Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm an IVF warrior and infertility advocate using my platform to spread awareness about infertility. And I'm Elizabeth. I'm a certified fertility coach, life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. I'm here to support and serve the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your baby home and everything along the way. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Where we talk about the dreams and dilemmas of life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. Today we are talking to Katie from Devon in the UK, and she is an expecting her rainbow baby. So we are going to dive in with her on her IVF journey and where she's at today and all the things that got her there. So welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for chatting with us tonight. Hello. Thank you for having me. So one thing that I want to kind of back up to say is, first of all, I'm sorry for the loss of your mom. I did see that. So I'm so sorry for that. I can't imagine having to go through that while you're expecting your baby. But I also know that you are an IVF baby now having an IVF baby, which is amazing because that's kind of, I mean, in the seventies is when they first kind of started. So your mom was very cutting edge on you know, going down that road. So tell us a little bit about that. So, so basically I've, I've got a brother, he's nine years older than me and he wasn't, he wasn't an IVF baby, but when they decided to try and have me, um, my mom, unfortunately she had an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So she lost one of her tubes and then they found out that the second one was blocked. So then they went down the route of IVF. So yeah, I was one of one of the I even went to like a reunion of all the IVF babies in the country and I met Professor Winston himself apparently when I was a baby so yeah it's all it was all amazing yeah because I feel like now it's now it's so common right I mean it's really it really truly is back then not so much even I have a friend who did egg donor which is kind of what opened my eyes to this about 15, 16 years ago. And even then egg donor, egg donors weren't that, you know, popular. So I think it's pretty cool to now see that generation going on to have the next. And when you realized, or when you were told that you were an IVF baby, what did that mean to you at the, like when you started to realize and understand what did that, what was that like? So what I think I was always told, like when I was younger as a baby, I used to like go around saying, I'm a test tube baby. (laughs) (laughs) How it was told to me at first. And then obviously like I learned what they had to go through and stuff. And yeah, it was amazing. It's, you know, it's one of those, you definitely know that they went through a lot to get you. And they actually, I was a day two transfer. Oh, interesting quite unusual now yeah. they wouldn't I don't think they particularly do that now right but they and they put three embryos back in wow. yeah so, that's um, a gamble right <laughs> yeah but obviously it was just me but yeah, yeah so it's interesting and I've had I've seen she gave me her paperwork and everything from like oh, wow. back then and what they had to do it was very similar so still so yeah yeah that's the interesting thing is a lot of the protocols really haven't changed much yeah so so knowing that was that easier for you to kind of 
take your path that way and tell us how, tell us your story. How did you come to know that you needed to go down that route as well? So back in 2015, um, we were already, me and my husband, Tom, we were already like engaged. We've been engaged 18 months. Um, we decided to embark on trying to have a family. Um, I did fall pregnant, fall pregnant naturally quite quickly. Um, and how old were you then, Katie? I'm sorry to interrupt. How old were you 20, 23 I was then. Okay. And then um, I had, but unfortunately we went to our 12 week scan and there was no heartbeat, which was absolutely gutting. And, but we still, we'd planned the wedding. We brought the wedding forward. Um, So two weeks later, I still got married, which Mm -hmm. was crazy, but it was a beautiful day. And, but I keep, I always look back on those pictures and realize like how broken I actually was yeah but but we did it we got through and then a year later I fell pregnant again naturally Mm -hmm. um and I had I was diagnosed quite early on about six weeks pregnant with something called a blighted ovum so it means like the placenta grew and the gestational sac but there wasn't actually a pregnancy I'd lost that early on Uh And then, and then we just had no success for another two years. It just wasn't happening at all. And we had all the tests and everything came back normal within normal range. And then they referred us to the IVF clinic and said, that's the route we're going to go down. So, and again, knowing that, was it pretty like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> I, this, yeah. this can, like, did you have a sense of confidence because definitely yeah definitely I think at first I went in thinking oh it would work first time because it worked for my mom so I think I was taken back when it took like another four times well it took four transfers Mm -hmm. to get where we are now so I think yeah but I was because yeah it was much easier to know what my mom went through and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that way and so you mentioned you had four transfers. How many retrievals did you need to do in order to do your transfers? So we had we had one retrieval and we got six embryos. So we did a fresh transfer the first time round, but that ended like five days into the cycle with a bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back now and I think that was progesterone related. Maybe I wasn't I didn't have enough progesterone. And then and then the second and then five of the were all frozen embryos so we were lucky we were very lucky to get that amount of yeah that's amazing and so you went through how many transfers to get to hatchy pants as you so lovingly <laughs> call him now so we we had um we had the first fresh transfer then I had another frozen transfer which was just a negative after the two-week wait and then the third transfer we got positive tests but then that only lasted for about 10 days. So that was a chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then we were all geared up for my fourth transfer, but it got canceled during down regulation um, because of COVID happening and the pandemic. So that, that got canceled the day before I was meant to have my baseline scan. So oh, I was no. like absolutely gutted. Yeah. But then I look back now and I think that was like 11 months in between cycles. So that, helped me a lot I got into like fitness and running and like started like looking after like health I was always like healthy but I looked into it like a little bit more and then we got the news 
in May that all clinics were going to open again. And then I started the fourth transfer again in August, no, end of July, August. And then we transferred this one on the 2nd of September. Uh-huh. And, and then, yeah, and it all worked out. And he's, he's called Hash, Hatchy Pants because he was actually a day six embryo. And we had the choice whether to put like a day five embryo or a day six. And he was already like hatching. So we, <laughs> we liked the idea of that. So we said, oh, we'll have that one back. So that's he was ready to go. Yeah, that's yeah. where his name comes from. So I love that. I love that. And so you're such a big part of this IVF community and supporting others and sharing your story. What what kind of compelled you to feel the need to to be there for others in this way? So so part of me was I really wish because the community it's not just the IVF community it's the you know the trying to conceive it's yeah. the women that have had losses um, and part of me was just. I really wish I did find that find this community back when I had my first loss because I think for a couple of years I was very down I would say depressed and Mm -hmm. basically me finding starting this starting my account it just helped me like more than anyone can imagine just reaching out to people that have been through the same thing because I never knew anybody nobody really it's still such a taboo subject yeah and that's the that's the thing so I didn't know anybody else who'd gone through IVF or was going or people don't really talk about miscarriages either so it was definitely it started off me helping no everybody helping me and then that I've helped them as well now which is great yeah isn't that cool how that just like intertwines I feel the same it's all about normalizing the conversations of all of it I feel like I mean, I remember when I had my first loss, I, it, it made me realize this is why people don't talk about it because you feel so like guilty and ashamed and like alone. And that's the exact reason why we do need to talk about it so that when others are going through it, they don't feel that way. And that's why I really started my mission on this whole fertility coaching is because of how I was feeling in that clinic. And after the losses and two, and it's just you do feel like you're on this island alone. And then when you, now there's so many resources and so many people that are going through the same thing that it's so beautiful that at any moment you can find the help and the hope of people that have had success and are on the other side too. So I think it's such an amazing resource, just the social media aspect, right? Let alone all the books and everything that is there for us now. Definitely. No, it is really good. It is good to have that support and to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And so now you're literally days before you're ready to be a mom. How, how are you feeling about everything? It's like, it's a week today that induction's booked for. So it's, it's like crazy, but I keep, I don't know if anybody saw my stories earlier, but I had the most vivid of dreams last night. It was so funny. And I don't know if it must, it must get worse the closer you get a time in your baby but um yeah I've started I've it's one of those things I've not I'm not really I've not I feel like I've not worried about labor and like birth itself uh-huh. but then I I have like the last couple of days started to think oh what's it going to feel like um am uh-huh. I going to be okay and it's more of like the newborn stage that I'm like oh that's a bit panicky but 
they say that it just it comes to you naturally and your instinct and stuff so I think yeah. I'll be <laughs> it, it is definitely a, um, a quick learning experience. I will say that and certainly reach out to those around you that have gone through it because, you know, I feel like when I went, went through it, I was 41. So all of my friends had already had kids. Nobody was talking about, you know, their kids were teenagers. So for me, I was like, I really felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to about, like, oh my God, this it's not working with the breastfeeding. It's not working with, you know, he's crying or he's this or he's that. And so that's another aspect that I really try to help women go through because it is quite stressful because you, there are so many things like they have gas, they're crying this way, they're crying that way. You know, it's, there's so much, but I mean, it's so beautiful at the same time because they, you really, I know it sounds so cliche and probably everybody has told you this, but it goes so fast. And so just soak up every single second of that baby. No, no, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm excited to start this new chapter. I'm definitely ready. So yeah. Oh, I'm sure I, you know, those last few, I feel like at least the last five, six weeks, I remember thinking like, okay, I get it when people say I'm ready now, <laughs> like you're just like done. And I'm being induced at like 39 weeks. So, so you're being ahead of the game. Yeah. Because obviously some women go right up to 42 and I'm thinking that's like another month away now. Yeah. (laughs) So what is, why are you doing an an induction at 39? So, so every hospital here in the UK is completely different. They advise different, different things, but um, basically from, from the beginning at my hospital, they just said that they like to induce IVF babies at 39 weeks this oh interesting something about the placenta like deteriorates from like 40 weeks starts to and then they some some health professionals will say that it deteriorates quicker in IVF pregnancies I don't know Hmm. but it's I've never really looked into the research I think just being told that from day one I've always had it in my head you know so yeah yeah my, my first was at 39. My second was at 38 and my third was I think 36 and a half or 37 or something like that. All for, I had placenta issues and things like that. And, um, and my first one actually though was a, um, because I had had a previous fibroid surgery and so they basically don't want the uterus to go into contractions because if the scar tissue from that surgery like they literally said your uterus couldn't explode, which I'm like, that's not a good term to use, but (laughs) we don't want that happening. Um, so are you doing, you're doing a hospital birth then, right? It sounds like, okay. The induction. Um, so obviously you can have like, I I was offered the pessary induction. Um, what is that for all of us in the U S so that's, it's the, it's the hormonal like pessary that they they stick up your vagina with okay. hope for, um, and releases all the hormones to get you going. Okay. But here at my hospital, if I was to have that, um, I'd have to stay in for those 24 hours in the hospital. And that's something that I, I didn't particularly want. So mm-hmm. I've gone to something called Dilapan rods, which are mm-hmm. quite, quite new here. Okay. Especially in my hospital. And how they explain it, it's like, they're like, tampons so they put about three or five that will expand over 
the 24 hours to hopefully open the cervix and then re release like the prostaglandins and all of that to hopefully start things off. So then hopefully that's because I, like, I wanted to be at home, you know, with the surroundings, with my dog, watching sure. TV with Tom. Um, and then I'll go in 24 hours later and then they will take them out. And if nothing, I think if nothing's progressed, they then break my waters. And then if that nothing progresses from that, then I'll get put on the syntocin drip. Uh -huh. um, and then they said that he, he should be here by the Sunday, Monday. So wow. it, it's crazy to think that, yeah, a week Monday, he should definitely be here. Yes, it's so crazy. And I remember thinking like, you see this brand new baby, and you're like, he was literally exactly like that inside of my body, which like blows my mind, <laughs> like exactly how they come out. I don't know why, because when we were so used to seeing the sonograms, right? And the ultrasounds all these times. So you have this image, but then at the same time, it's like, it's literally like this in my body right now. <laughs> it's crazy. That, yeah. That's what's, that's, what's crazy. I've just had some like really weird movements. He was just like moving like so much. And I was like, oh, that's so strange. Yeah. And I think you'll, I don't, I don't, a lot of people say like they miss their bump and they miss like the movements and stuff. So I'm yeah. embracing that. <laughs> Definitely. I take as many videos as you can of him moving around. I know for us, it was like around nine o'clock at night that they would always start, you yes. know, doing their dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take as many videos. Cause that is, I mean, pregnancy was not great for me, but that part was so cool to, to feel them inside of you. Um, so as far as the hospitals there and your husband, is he able to be inside with you and everything? Yeah. So he, he's able to be obviously there for if I having like the drip and induction, and then obviously when the baby's born and then he can stay for a few hours afterwards but then I'll get moved to the postnatal ward and then he can only come during visiting hours, which is okay. like three hour slots. So, but that's just changed. It was our, an hour slot. So a few couple of weeks ago, so that's changed, which is good. Yeah, but that is good. And what's, what's over there with, um, it's different per state. So each place is a little bit different, but, um, now basically the husbands can come in for, as long it used to be like once they were in they couldn't go out you know um but yeah it's it's definitely getting back to normal we're in california so we have really good numbers right now as far as pretty much everybody's vaccinated and our numbers are very low knock on wood i hope it stays that way but um so it's slowly getting back to normal but i mean i my baby was due or I had my baby and he was in NICU for three weeks after, and it was right as COVID started. And I remember we were always a family that had masks anyways, during like flu season and stuff. Um, like if I had a nanny or a, if somebody was sick, I would tell them with a mask on. Um, and so I asked a friend of mine, can you go out and buy some masks before we go home? Cause I, you know, it was flu season. She's like, there's no masks anywhere. I'm like, what do you mean there's no masks? I mean, nobody ever would wear masks, right? And now all of a sudden, because my head was so focused on my baby and what was happening, it was like, okay, apparently the world is having problems right now. So it was a really strange experience. But now, now thank goodness, I feel like we have an understanding that of what it is. And it's not such a scary thing as it was initially about like, 
the whole world is going to basically die is what it felt like from our perspective. Oh, definitely here too. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, in, when he comes, you feel a little bit more at ease with people around you and, and sharing that time together, because I know it's pretty hard when you feel like you can't have anybody see your, your son, right. As soon as you have him. Definitely. I had, I had a few friends that had their babies during the pandemic and I know it's been so difficult for them, you know, just being able to have family visit and things. It's been difficult. So yeah. Yeah moved on because I think from the 17th of May here you can actually have like two households in inside so oh wow so he'll be here probably like that that weekend so (laughs) it changes just as he arrives which I'm quite thankful for so yeah I still I have to have a COVID swab before I go in so sure yeah I think they're still doing that here too but I think just to keep everybody safe, which again, if that's what it takes in order to keep things moving along, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So what advice do you have for women that are trying to get where you're at? You know, I mean, I feel like you're kind of their goal right now, as far as that's where we really want to be, you know, so close to having our baby in our arms. What do you, what advice do you have for them? Because you've had such a a long journey as well. So I, I would like, I would say definitely expect it not to run smoothly. I know that completely <laughs> because at the beginning I wish I wish I'd have known more, but at the same time I'm glad I didn't know more, especially through like egg retrieval and everything like that. Um, I would just try and I would keep telling myself that what the goal is and it's to have a baby at the end, um, and just completely just think that's the end goal I will I hopefully I will get there I know you know there is a time in people's journeys that it can be too much and they do have to give up which is which is sad but they find peace in that Mm -hmm. um but I would just advise people to yeah try and carry on it's different it is really it can be difficult you know Mm -hmm. all the injections and the mood swings and everything like that but just focus on why you're doing it yeah Um, and reach out to people even if it's like anonymously set up an account or yeah reach out to everybody because that really did help me um deal with everything and knowing that other people are going through it as well so in between your reach your transfers and stuff what was there something specific that you felt like I know you said after, before your last one, because of COVID, you kind of were focused more on your health. Not that you weren't not healthy before, but you really made that a little bit more extra. Was there anything specifically that you feel really put you over the edge as far as like, okay, this time it's going to happen. And, and did you know mentally, like some people, a lot of my clients will say, I just had a knowing this time that this time was going to work. Did you ever have that knowing with hatchy pants? Yeah, so I I started the couch to 5k running. I don't know if they've got that over in the US. I don't know. It's just, it's like a, it's a scheme, like sort of thing that you follow for so many weeks to build you up to doing 5k running. Okay. And that running just got me there physically and mentally. It was just brilliant for me. Um, so that definitely helped like me to get there physically and mm-hmm. mentally. Well, it's not, I didn't lose like loads of weight, but mentally was the main thing. 
Yeah. Um, like it was just being able to clear your head and focus on something else other than what you were going through. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 Definitely. So that, that definitely helped. Um, and then I would say with me knowing that my mom was quite poorly, like I knew what the end was going to look like for my mom. Uh, I obviously hoped that it was going to be after he arrived, mm-hmm. but that, that all, that definitely like kept me going and I just wanted her to know that everything will be okay so and she did so that was good but I think did I know did I know if it was gonna work um I'm not sure really I think because I was yeah like I said I was mentally better and mentally prepared I was I was like very prepared and I think also a lot with social media is there's so many paths that you see to parenthood yeah that that helped a lot because I thought if if it didn't work if IVF didn't work for me I kind of had like a path I knew what was going to be the next step you know I knew which which was good to see a lot of accounts that you know do have donor egg IVF and or surrogacy or loads of different journeys it's good to follow a lot of journeys to know that there yeah. are options yeah, I often tell my clients that that just from a mental perspective, it's so helpful to say, like, in my drawer, I have a plan B and a plan C if this plan A doesn't work out. And there's some peace of mind that comes along with with knowing that and seeing those other examples of this is a mom with, you know, donor conception or whatever it may be. And you think, oh, I can see myself in that in that way. Like I can love that type of baby as well, even though it may not be genetically all mine. So I think that's a great point to, to make, because like you said earlier too, everybody gets to their own point of where they are willing to keep going and where they're not as well. Did you ever feel like you were getting close to not being able to do all the shots anymore and have the ups and downs? Yeah, I think because we knew that we had like two, two, we had you know we had quite a few embryos so I was I knew I was going to get to that point and I think had I got to the point where I used all my embryos that would have been like another conversation can I put myself through all of that again yeah so I didn't get to that point but it it was draining like it was it's just a cycle after a cycle of all those hormones and yeah it is it can be difficult like if you when you go even the first time you know yeah, everybody's body reacts so different too. So you have one more embryo left, is that right? We have we have two. Yeah. Oh, two more. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. And speaking of the hormones, how has your body done with the pregnancy hormones? Have you felt much different or did, was it kind of a smooth transition because you were so used to all the hormones from the oh, IVF treatment? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was on like all the progesterone and I think till 12 weeks. So it's been, I've surprised myself with pregnancy. So it's like, it's made my skin so much better. It's made me, and yeah, I just feel, I, I have felt like good throughout. Um, I did have like a bit of sickness and stuff at the beginning, but not as bad as I thought it could be. Um, and then even, even now, like my, oh God, I'm going to be going out for lunch and stuff for friends over the weekend. And my husband's like, you're like you're 39 weeks soon what are you doing and I'm like if you feel fine then absolutely yeah and this is your last time you're going to be able to do that like (laughs) on your own for so long so I'm all about do it as much as you can and I think it's it was I this time straight after transfer I stayed a lot more active because I um 
somebody else, somebody else that I follow was saying, go for walks every day, you know, get the blood flowing. So I think that definitely, definitely helped and mentally as well. And to get fresh air is good. So yes. I've stayed quite active throughout, which is good. For yeah. Me, if you can. Of course. But, I know. It, I feel like right now for, for one thing, everybody feels so different during pregnancy and for another, depending on where you're at in the world, like your weather and your what's open, what's not open. Like some people can't even still go to lunch, you know? So, which is so crazy to think, but well, we can't can't sit inside restaurants yet. Oh, you can't. So so I was like, I was a bit gutted that me and my husband can't go out for like a nice meal. Mm, Yeah. But that's fine. We'll go out after. (laughs) And is the weather starting to be okay for you guys? Yeah, well, for May, it's not, it's, it's pretty rubbish here at the moment. It's oh, just, no. Goes, it's raining, it's cold, but, and like last May, it was absolutely beautiful, but it's different this time. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yes, well, thanks again for your time tonight, Katie, and just for helping others on their journey through your own. I think we are also excited to see your little one come and keep getting those updates along the way. So thank you for letting us be part of your journey as well. Thank you for having me tonight as well. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pretty Little Tribe. And if you related to this episode, take a screenshot and hashtag Pretty Little Tribe because we want to see those in our DMs so then we can share them in our story too and give you some love back. Of course, if you have a topic idea or want to be on the podcast, email us at prettylittletribe at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks again for joining your tribe today and we will see you next time.